0: go birding on the upper texas coast that's where you go to see warblers texans like to boast
1: yes they do <laughs> thank you for tuning in to hannah and Eric go birding a podcast by birders for birders
0: i'm hannah and he's
1: eric <laughs> and we created this podcast to share adventures sometimes misadventures and opinions that we have on different birding topics we are definitely not experts in anything that we discuss that might be controversial we want you to remember their own opinions and they might be different from yours
0: like 75 episodes, and you still say controversial.
1: Yeah, I pronounce it the proper way. You say yeah. every single syllable. Every, every, every letter is just as important as the letter next to it.
0: <laughs> just because some letters are silent doesn't mean it's not important. <laughs> it, it, it's a placeholder.
1: It's a placeholder?
0: Sometimes letters need to be placeholders. Uh, I don't sounds. Sometimes <laughs> the silent letters are more important. Oh, are they? Yeah.
1: Like the H at the end of your name? Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> Hannah. That's why I usually say it's Hannah and Eric Goberting. Do you? Yeah, I usually Hanach.
0: Okay, well I appreciate appreciate that. I'll, I feel like I'll, you're every not letter needs... both of my ends.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm being a jerk to that second end.
0: No, it's the first end.
1: Oh, it's the first end? Yeah. Hannah. Handana. Hanana. Yeah.
0: Okay, sorry. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Anyways.
1: News. Um, <laughs> this uh, we have we have some cool things coming up um, in news related. It's stuff that's recently happened. And also stuff that is currently about to happen. We've got the um, the Global Big Day from eBird yeah coming up this Saturday, May 8th. Mm-hmm. That's super exciting. Last year there was a ridiculous number of species seen, and I think it was like 150 um, countries. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot, and it was uh, 120,000 checklists in one day.
0: Someday we're going to go to one of these countries that doesn't have participant and be the one to be participate. Be the
1: one to participate.
0: Yeah. That'd be cool. That's going to be the highlight
1: of my life well they have the emails that they send out every month um on from eber from cornell that they send out like the countries that have had more than a 100 percent increase in number of checklists over the over that previous month from the month the year before i guess and there's always like 15 or 20 countries that are like doubling their numbers of checklists from the previous year that's amazing yeah so it's Super cool. It's getting it's getting more and more popular. This eBird thing's starting to starting <laughs> to, starting catch to catch hold. Yeah.
0: Um, so also that day is World Migratory Bird Day. So yeah. that's a great opportunity to, you know, they have live uh, virtual events and, you know, stuff that you can do on your own. And it's also beach cleanup for us, for my friends group that I'm a part of. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there's that There's a lot day. going
1: on. And if you want to know more about World Migratory Bird Day, you can go back um, about a year ago. We, we 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 interviewed someone from it so they that has had a whole bunch of information about what World Migratory Bird Day is and how you can participate and all that stuff. It's all this all the same information for this year. So rather than rehashing it, you can and you just can go back a year,
0: just <laughs> some different events and things. Yeah. but yeah, it's, it's all pertinent information. Yeah, super cool day. So we're so excited for the second bird nerd giveaway to partner with Tiffany Kirsten, who is a friend of ours that we've known for about eight years or so. We met her in the Rio Grande Valley Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, have kind of kept in touch about all the cool things that she's doing, but she's doing a women's big year this year. And she has partnered with Birdie personal alarm devices, which I've seen a lot on like Facebook and different social media accounts about these personal alarm devices that, um, can help you, you know, if you, Come under some sort of attack or harassment. Yeah. Um. So, Tiffany is, you know, she's out there giving away these devices, and she was so great, er, so wonderful in giving us one for this uh, bird nerd giveaway. So, I think that Eric, you had something to say yeah, about the, the interview before we talked to her.
1: Yeah. Un- unfortunately, or fortunately, we were, fortunately we were able to meet up with her in person. Um. Unfortunately, the audio is a little bit muffled as we were all wearing masks. So, um. You might have to. Put up with a little bit of uh, masked microphoning. Um, <laughs> as uh, we, we just wanted to be as cautious as possible while we're out visiting with people. Um, but uh, go ahead and listen to Tiffany explain about her big year and about the She SheBirdie personal alarm device.
0: Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, for the giveaway item and for joining us out here um, in South Texas <laughs> right before you're about to guide. Can you tell us about your big year that you're doing?
2: Yeah, so I, it kind of happened by accident, but I am now doing a lower 48 big year um, focused on uh, elevating women birders by firstly uh, making birding safer for women. Um, so I am, throughout my travels, I'm gifting these personal safety alarms uh, to the women that I meet on the trails. That's awesome. So how did you get involved with uh, this company, Birdie? I actually just found them, um, I, I decided in February that I was going to do a big year and wanted to have a focus and wanted to, I'm really passionate about just making a difference in whatever I do, so I didn't want to do a big year like just to do a big year, so I just happened to actually find this company showing up in my social media in the marketing uh, and the company's called Birdie, so it, that kind of, I think that's what kind of flipped the switch with me, like, hey, wait a minute, we could we could make this work really well.
1: That's that's interesting. It is spur of the moment big year, so you start didn't decide until February. I d- so you're, you're a whole month into the year before you decide, okay, this is going right, to be a big year. Right,
2: right. Yeah, so I, um, I did a trip with a friend in the very beginning of the year in January to Florida. It just happened to be the time that he was available. Uh, we left on, I think, January 1st. <laughs> uh, so I did that <laughs> trip, and we had really good luck. We got a lot of the rarities in the Keys, and then I came back here, and I was bird guiding full time. Uh, and I guided a big-year birder named Charlie, and we had really good luck, so I had all the rarities here and all the regular local birds. And um, then I decided to take a week off and go to southeast Arizona because there were five species of birds that I'd never seen before, right, Mm -hmm. life birds. So I figured I'd just spend a week, drive over there, go see my five life birds, and come back. And I was in El Paso at Franklin Mountains State Park and woke up in the morning and drove out to to leave to go to Southeast Arizona. I flushed some scaled quail, and it was a scaled quail that kind of did it. I was like, why am I not trying to see as many species of birds as I can this year? I've already seen so many. So so from there, I just had like continuing conversations with some friends of mine in California along the way uh, about kind of how I could do a big year and also make a difference. That's awesome. So have you met a lot of women along the way and given out these other, these devices? I have. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm, I started with hundred alarms. I'm hoping to give away 300 so far. I've done about 20 and, uh, I, you know, it's, it's led to some really cool conversations with women about times that they maybe didn't feel safe or, um, instances that they have come upon in the field. Uh, so it's, it's been really cool to see, uh, people's feedback. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And how can people find out more about your big year and and track you along the way? Yeah, so I am blogging. My blog is TiffanyKirsten at blog, TiffanyKirsten.blogspot.com. Um, so I'm blogging about my year there. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram. I am Tiff underscore K underscore 13. Okay, well, i posting awesome. in my stories there. <laughs>
0: awesome. Thank you so much for, for doing this and good luck on your big year. Thank you. So thank you, Tiffany, for sharing this with us. Um, we're excited about this giveaway, and we would demo it on the podcast, <laughs> but it would be very loud. I don't, so. I don't
1: think any of you would appreciate it's a, it's an audible and visual alarm. It flashes bright lights and it screams super loud. Um, T- Tiffany demoed it on her Instagram. She has a video there, and um, we'll go ahead and post a video on our social medias in a couple days, probably, of us um, demoing it so people can see what what it is and what how how you, how you don't want it to go off in, <laughs> when when in you're in your uh, proximity unless you really need it yeah unless you really need it
0: so for this bird nerd giveaway, what we're asking you to do. So if you want to enter this bird nerd giveaway, this is what you're
1: gonna do. Yes, each each month is gonna be a different thing. So no no haikus this month.
0: No haikus. No haikus.
1: We're unless we're doing you want a different, to. I mean, yeah, you can you can always write a haiku. I mean, they, sometimes they're relaxing to write a little poetry.
0: So what we want you to do is go to Tiffany's blog, and we will post that in the show notes. And Tiffany also mentioned what it was in the interview check out what birds she has seen. And we want you to select at least one bird that Tiffany has seen that we, that you want to see and a birding safety tip. So it's two parts in one thing. So tell us what bird you want to see that she's seen. And also a birding safety tip that you have. And it doesn't have to be like a unique safety tip. It's just something that you have done to help you stay safe in the field. Yeah. And this is open to everybody. Um, I know it's called She Birdie, and that they have a lot of information about keeping women safe in the field. But you know, everybody has a right to feel safe when they're out in the field. So um, we want everybody to feel welcome to enter this competition, or pff, competition, this giveaway,
1: this competition. It's very, it's going to be very competitive. And by the way, we aren't going to be rating or judging. The, the birds people choose the birds the or, <laughs> or the safety tips. Um, your name is going to go into a pool and we'll um, randomly draw names from people who entered in. So it's there's going to be no preference or anything for anyone who likes a particular safety, <laughs> safety tip or a particular bird. So... Those that want to say flame-colored tanager aren't going to get on my good side Stop or it. anything, <laughs> or on my bad side.
0: Okay, so like Eric said, it's going you're you'll be randomly drawn from the list of people who send us a bird the Tiffany scene that you want to see and a birding safety tip to win the she's Birdie personal alarm device. You can either email it to us at hannahandericgobirding at gmail dot com. You could use our hashtag, which is bird nerd giveaway, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Or you can respond to our posts on those social platforms. So probably Friday or Saturday this week, I'll post about it or, you know, just ongoing and you post those two things and you're entered into our, into this giveaway. It's not a competition. (laughs) So thank you to Tiffany and she's birdie for supplying this giveaway item. Um, Like I said, I've seen it all over socials and have read a lot of stories about how it makes folks feel safer and has helped them in situations. So I know we're really, we're really dedicated to making, you know, birding a comfortable and safe place for everyone, and um, this, if I had one of these, which I'll probably have to buy one, will I'm going to win the competition.
1: You're going to win? Yeah,
0: I'm going to win. So I, you're I'm, all competing against me. Um, <laughs>
1: we'll we'll make our cats draw the names out of a hat, that way it's actually <laughs> random.
0: Okay, we're going to have to film that. Um, but I know that that's something that would make me feel safer when I was out there. So... Moving, on, Moving next, on. Last thing.
1: Yeah, last last thing before we get to the main the main the main guts of this story. So as Eric normally says, we had some listeners for our last episode. A couple people.
0: Yep, and many of them, uh, the top contenders for this last episode was Columbus, Ohio, and Atlanta,
1: Georgia. So many of them were in Columbus, Ohio. Yes. Maybe two listeners, Columbus. <laughs> one listener, Atlanta, and no one else. <laughs> yeah. <Is that>? Okay. <laughs>
0: um, so thank you all for tuning in and checking it out. It looks like. A hoof. Ohio has uh, <laughs> is going to be redistributed to other places, so they're getting those yeah, IP addresses They've, they've assigned those out. IP
1: addresses out there, so that's all good. So um, for this week, uh, for our... Uh, we went birding. We went birding. At <laughs> finally. <laughs> finally went birding. So if you guys have been waiting for, for weeks and weeks for us to actually go birding, we did it. We went birding. We went out and we looked at birds.
0: Thank you for it forcing was, us
1: to do so. It was spectacular. I We had a great time. We, we went down to Texas. We did. Uh, for a couple of days Um, we flew delta which was nice because they were leaving the middle seat empty on the way down so it was two-thirds occupancy for the um, aircraft so lots and lots of space lots of leg room lots of headroom lots of space for our carry-on and also we didn't have to sit super close no middle no middle seat taken up Um, so that was was great Um, flew down went down to Houston um, spent a couple days in Houston and then a couple days down in the Rio Grande Valley but we'll talk about the Rio Grande Valley in a in it another just, episode. It deserves
0: its own episode. It deserves
1: it's the Rio Grande Valley is pretty there's there's a lot going on down there. So,
0: so we've done this biking birding competition for the Great Texas Birding Classic for this was our fourth year doing it. Mm-hmm. And every year is a little bit different. Of course we do it on different days and you know, different routes and like it's generally the same generally route. Generally the
1: same route, but it's we, we try we try different things to improve or to oh that was too long a ride, I don't want to, have to ride that far. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> So the last three years we competed in the competition we won, and like mm-hmm. I said, you know every year is a little bit different. Um, so this year, you know, we took a little bit longer of a route, trying to see if we could get some different shorebirds and goals and things at the very north end of Galveston. Um, so that made it twenty six miles. <laughs> yeah, it was it
1: was a little over twenty six miles. It's the longest that we've ridden. We did we did ride up to the same place. Um,
0: the, so we first, did the year, first year
1: the fir- so the first year we ever did it we went Galveston Island State Park all the way up to East Beach or East End Beach and so it's I think di- the direct route is only like 20 miles but then we have a bunch of offshoots as we hit different things so I think that year we ended up going 23 miles um this year we went 26 miles so it was the, f- the furthest we've ever ridden um for this competition and it was it was exhausting but we did take all day. Instead of trying to rush it all and get get it done early in the day, we took the entire day. We stopped for lunch. We, did, we made a day we, of it. We made a day of it, yeah.
0: So we have to give a shout-out first to our friend Kyle, who works down at Galveston Island State Park. He's a very well-known birder in the Galveston area. Yeah. Um, he was is super helpful in you know helping us orient ourselves to the park because every year, you know, things move around.
1: Well, and and they this this last year or this year, they they did some burns out there, so he gave, gave us a heads up a couple couple weeks ahead of time, "Hey, we're burning. These are the these are the areas that are burning, so maybe maybe plan on not spending a whole bunch of time over <laughs> in those areas cuz they'll be freshly burned." And it was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that that'll it, it gave us some expectations and then also some under construction and closed areas. So we knew ahead of time what kind of to plan for. So
0: um, we did a like snippet of a video for uh, Tucson Audubon who they were planning their bird and they asked, you know, what advice we have for people planning, you know, a big day. Yeah. And one of the things that we mentioned that uh, Luke at Tucson Audubon was like, that's a great tip. That I felt like we did a good job of this year is knowing how long to stay at a location. Yeah. And like knowing when to quit a location.
1: Oh, we I feel like this is this has been our best year of quitting locations on time. <laughs> like we always stay too long. We we're like always,
0: fine-tuning our route. Yeah,
1: we, we always like divert off the route <laughs> when we're not supposed to. Like there's always some big mistakes that we always make. And this year I feel like we did really well at trying time management. We went to where we needed to go, we stayed there until the birds slowed down, and then we moved on to the next one, and we, we ended up not missing anything that was being seen that day as far as, I mean, we probably missed all sorts of stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we missed tons of birds, but, but no, nothing big and glaring stood out as something that we missed, um, despite it being a fairly slow day. It was a fairly slow bird day. We, we got to Lafitte's Cove, um, which is around our second-ish stop, mm-hmm. um, and it's a really good migrant trap in like this the heart of a small neighborhood um just south of the city of Galveston or just west of the city of Galveston um on the island um it's just a little nature conservancy little plot of land half an acre or so, or so. um and it's usually full of warblers this year there was i think a grand total of two warblers <laughs> of the same species uh both hooded <laughs> on in in Lafitte's Cove and we didn't see anything else there was like one tanager which we already had. So we got we had one species in the time that we were there and I like Hannah said I think we did a really good job. We got in there and got out of there because it was it was so slow. Nor- normally we always milk it and try to keep going and going and going but we,
0: Well, usually was, like at Lafitte's, you can do that, yeah. you know, if you just the longer you stay around the more you're going to see. Exactly. But uh, we gave it a good shot. And you know what was mostly there that we ended up seeing were thrushes. There
1: were a lot of thrushes. There were.
0: So I'm not I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not super well-versed on, like, timing of migrants yeah. and, like, how things move. Like, I know, you know, ducks and shorebirds and, like, yeah. but they all kind of move, like, in segments, but I don't have the segments all on a timeline well, in my head. And, and, and it's the
1: same with, like, warblers. There's there's early warblers. There's late warblers. It's, it's things and not being, not living over there anymore. Like, we don't pay attention that closely to... To um, what's what's an early warbler versus a late warbler? So like a Blackburnian, when's when's that going to be in line as opposed to the Bay-breasted? Like it's there, there's there's timing of all these all these groups, even within groups of groups. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. And I was just thinking that like, so I don't know if thrushes. I guess thrushes would normally be like after warblers. I think I think but, there's some
1: of the. Some it, of the ending ones. It was just
0: kind of funny how we got there. And it's like all the warblers had moved through. And then all the rush, thrushes were in yeah, town.
1: Ton, ton, tons and tons of thrushes in town. But despite it being super slow there... We ended up getting quite a few warblers on the ride. It was just, we'd be riding along, and there'd be a prothonotary, like, in a, in the ditch. Like, oh, I
0: know. That was funny. It, like, like, I don't know how you guys spotted that.
1: I, I, I saw the yellow. Um, <laughs> it was close to the ground. And prothonotaries, if you've ever seen a prothonotary, I took some pictures. I hope that they turned out to something. I haven't had a chance to re- look at them yet. But their yellow is, like, such an interesting yellow. It's not, like, a yellow warbler yellow or... It's not bright. It's just kind of like a muted almost with an orange tinge to it with yellow. It's it looks super I'm going to
0: call cool. it like baby yellow. You know like baby yellow. like cl- like baby clothes or like like what people put in their nurseries in the 90s. Maybe. Like that's what I feel. I guess it's because my sister's room when she was a little kid <laughs> like yellow wallpaper in it. That's, <laughs> that's what I think of, anyways. But
1: anyways, just so, a gorgeous bird. Gorgeous bird, fantastic. And so the whole day, we it was just one warbler here, one warbler there, and it was just it was very very slow. But throughout the whole day, even even though the whole time I was thinking, oh, it's so slow, it's so slow, it's it ended up being pretty good.
0: Yeah, we had ten warblers. Yeah, t- 10, the ten
1: warblers on a day when we went to Lafitte and got one. <laughs> so it's it's not a bad day for warblers if if that's the case, and it. The whole thing, we ended up doing really well. It was our best year. Not only did we ride the furthest, but we also got the most species that we've ever gotten. So Well,
0: and there's some being years... our previous record. There's some years where we had obvious misses. Like, there was... The first year, we, like, rode all the way out to East End because we were like, okay, we know we're going to get a Kingfisher out there. Mm-hmm. Which, now I know, there's no Kingfishers out there. There is a Kingfisher, though, however, like, just next to the golf course oh, yeah. in Galveston. <laughs> um But there, yeah, there were definitely some, like, big misses on our day, but Mm -hmm. not as many, um, not as many on our next day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so we had a great day. Human-powered went great. Um, Did you want to say how many species we got, or you want to keep that a secret so that people can find out later?
0: (laughs) I suppose we can go ahead and tell them. So, like, our first year, I think we had 106, or 109, Mm -hmm. and then the next year, it was, like, 120. Uh, yeah. last time it was 110 and this time we had 125
1: mm-hmm. yeah 125 it we we beat our previous record it did so. not
0: feel like that either no.
1: we, we got to the end and it was like well I guess that was a day I guess and, <laughs> and then I look at the list and I'm like oh geez no it was a day that was a good day <laughs> so I mean it was it was very surprising the like slowly over the day the numbers just racked up so it was it was good. It was nice and steady all day long. The long weather was ride. good. Weather I mean, was it great.
0: wasn't super hot and it wasn't like super muggy. So that really helped. Yeah. Um, Colin, our our co-participant, <laughs> other team member. Our co-participant. Uh, who, yeah, who we uh, participate <laughs> with every year. He had a bike for me to use, which is great because before, if you listen to our other episodes about doing this, we rented bikes one year, we borrowed bikes another year,
1: The first year we had our own bike because we lived in the area. (laughs) Um,
0: So those other two just didn't really work out. And this year um, I used Colin's bike, which was great. And Eric.
1: I (laughs) didn't even, we didn't even talk about what happened with my bike. So I, Colin, they bought, um, he bought his wife a bike and Hannah Hannah used that. So they they had those two bikes. And so we were like, oh, we need one more bike. So I went online and I found the bike that I ride here in Cannon Beach. I found that on, on Walmart. For, it was, it's $98, a super cheap Walmart bike. It works great. It, it gets the job done. And it's it's a good bike. I like it. I went to order it, sold out. Like, after I had already ordered it, they sent me an email and said, we're going to refund you because it's sold out. I was like, <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. So then I ordered another bike. Same thing. Like, two hours later, they sent me another email. Oh, it's sold out. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So then I ordered a third bike. And keep in mind, it says online, free assembly in-store when you pick up in-store. <laughs> and... It, uh, it was, it was a little bit more expensive. I think it was like $120 or something like that. Um, but it's like, okay, $120, it costs almost that much to rent a bike for, cause it's like either one day or three days at these rental places. And like the three day rental comes out to like almost hundred bucks. Yeah. So it's, to, and then I have, and then Colin can hold a bike over the year and all, all this stuff. So it was like, okay, this is kind of like an investment that I can, we can hold on to for a couple of years of tournament and end up being okay. Um, we show up to Walmart. I order it show up to Walmart and first of all they roll it out in a box complete completely packaged up still so I, we're like panicking like home oh. so we asked the guys we're like, hey is there any chance that you get, that we could get it assembled and they're like, oh yeah yeah we we can assemble it um the, the guy bu-
0: comes once a month. <laughs> the
1: guy comes once a month and he was here like last week so I mean like maybe two weeks, three weeks and I'm like, no, we need it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was free assembly in store. And they were like, no, and they felt terrible. Like the, yeah, the people who brought it up, they felt terrible. They were really
0: nice about they it. They were very
1: nice about it. But so I went inside and bought some tools to put it together. Um, <laughs> put it together. Wait,
0: no, no, no. So we bought all the tools that are <laughs> set on the box oh, yes. to yeah. put it together. Oh it's like gosh. you need, you know, needle nose pliers and you need Allen wrenches and you need all the stuff. So Eric goes in, buys all the I, stuff. I buy
1: just what it says on the box to buy.
0: Like 40 bucks for all these tools.
1: And we, we get it to the hotel. We open up the bike thing, and the bike's half assembled. It's
0: mostly assembled. Yeah,
1: it literally. I just had to put the handlebars on and put the tires on, <laughs> yeah. and the pedals. And it's like, okay, I really only needed, I needed something to cut the zip ties. Yeah. And I needed a crescent wrench. You didn't
0: even need something to cut the, tip, the zip ties because we stayed at a hotel that had a kitchen. You're right. You could've I could use the scissors. Yeah. Or a knife. Yeah.
1: So I didn't even need that. I all I literally only needed a crescent wrench, <laughs> and so I bought I bought a bunch of. I I'm, I brought them all home. I can use them here at home, but. I bought a bunch of allen wrenches or i bought an allen wrench set I bought a little pack of tools that has um a bunch of stuff, and then I bought one more thing there was three there were three things that I bought, and it was just like a bike a uh, tire pump oh tire pump yeah a tire pump because I expected the tires to be completely deflated and they and they were mostly inflated, which was nice so that w- that was a whole fun experiment and then we found out <laughs> after I put it together that uh that apparently it's halfway between a child's bike and an adult's bike. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I looked kind of silly. So right. I, I was on a miniature bike all day. <laughs> <laughs> he set the pace in the front. Yeah, I was. I was just up there, like I, I'm swinging my arms like I'm on pedals right now. You can't see him, but I was just like as fast as I could. I was
0: like cruising behind him.
1: And Hannah kept asking me, she's like, shouldn't you change the gear so you're not pedaling constantly? I'm like, I can't. And they're like one, two, two. We should switched throughout the day. We should have switched, but it's fine. It it worked out. We had a great day, 26 miles, and I was on a little miniature bike.
0: So, yeah, that was really fun. It ended up being a lot more fun than, like, afterwards thinking about it because, like, the whole day I'm just so stressed out. Like, we leave Galveston, we have, like, 70 birds, and it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, how are we going to get 50 more? (laughs) And then it just happens.
1: Yeah. Galveston Island State Park is fantastic for birds. They have all sorts of facilities. if, If we wanted to, if we had the time, we could camp there and spend the night and get up even earlier and, start yeah, get, even owls later, and things. get owls and things but we we just don't have the time in our schedule when you go down there. Well, we do also that. don't
0: have the gear yeah
1: we and, and, and to, to, to bring to fly with our gear and all that stuff but it's Galveston Island State Park is a great place to bird um like Hannah said we got we usually get like 70 species or between between 60 and 70 species before we leave Galveston State Park so yeah and we usually spend about two hours there I want to say yeah two or two or three hours I think. yeah It's, it's fairly, it's like mid-morning before we leave there, because it's, there's a bunch of different habitat spots to hit throughout the park, Mm -hmm. and they have, they have bathrooms there, and water, and lots of places to fuel up before we get on the road, where there is no more bathrooms the rest of the way. I mean, don't tell everybody, they're going to steal our route. Well, they don't know, they don't know our secret proprietary spots. (laughs) That's true. I mean, we've got Galveston, we've got Lafitte's, and East End, but I said that place near the golf course. (laughs) Who, I I don't know. The Kingfisher Wait, which, Spot. Which, which golf course? I That's don't know. true. <laughs> there, there's all. There's tons of spots on the way. It's 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 a great it's a great bike ride, and and the whole thing is just fun.
0: Yeah, it always makes me want to like get more into biking and birding, but yeah. our town is like three miles long, so I mean, <laughs>
1: so walking and birding is really all we need to do. <laughs>
0: So we stayed in Galveston that night, and then the next day we were doing the Sunrise to Noon competition, mm-hmm. which is new for us. We do the Human Powered every year with Colin, and then we tried to out a new, category, a new uh, competition the next day. So last year we did a big day in a different region than we'd ever done. So this year we did Sunrise to Noon for the Great Texas Birding Classic, which is a statewide competition. So you're competing with everybody else in, throughout the state versus some of the competitions that are regional, like big sits and big days are regional. So yeah. there's a bunch of different ways to compete in this.
1: Oh yeah, it's and the um and and the whole thing is just to raise funds for conservation grants.
0: And because you sometimes and, win certificates. And
1: and sometimes you you get yeah, you get a piece of paper that says you won. So that's that's always fun.
0: So um <laughs> one of the fun things about the Great Texas Birding Classic is that there's a category for the best team name. And we always try to compete for that. Even though our friend Javier down in the Rio Grande Valley, he's
1: Javier De Leon is he He's, is the master at puns, bird puns, and creating, like, the team name that is, like, I don't know. I don't know
0: I, how he comes up with it. I don't
1: know either. And I, I feel like we've beaten him a couple times, but he is so good <laughs> it's at so team funny. names.
0: I can't remember what it was this year, but I saw it and I just texted him out of the blue. I was like, really? <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. But anyways, so our team name for the uh, human-powered was Tour de Classique. You yeah, know.
1: you know, Tour de France. Yeah. Tour de Classique, because mm-hmm. it's the... Great Texas Burning classic. That's all I could
0: come up with. Um, so I have to redo our great te- our sunrise to noon competition team name.
1: And keep in mind, the sunrise to noon is the shortest tournament, the or the shortest category in terms of time. It's a half. It's a big half day. So it's like six hours. Six hours. Yeah, about six hours. Six because six thirty yeah. I think was sunrise. Um, so that's background of what the sunrise to noon competition is.
0: So this is our team name. Participants in the Great Texas Birding Classic who view wild avians through optics from the break of dawn until midday in an effort to identify as many different species within that period. So, yeah. the coordinator was mad at us. <laughs> I have a feeling
1: that. there's going to be a rule next year, a character limit, or, or something like that, and, and so so we basically just ruined it for everyone.
0: It just makes me laugh
1: so much every time I read that. <laughs> it's, it's so so ridiculous. It's, so it's, the, it's the world's longest team name for the world's shortest competi- birding competition.
0: I feel like we could have
1: <laughs> added a lot more in there. <laughs> we we could have it. It was already ridiculous. I don't know if we should have gone like really, really ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so anyways, uh, <laughs> so we got up in Galveston and then we got on the ferry to go to Bolivar P- Peninsula.
1: I think um, we caught the 5am or no, we caught the 6am ferry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so there's a free ferry that goes in between um, Galveston and Bolivar, and, you know... It it
1: takes like 15 minutes to transit, Um, and during certain times of year, it's only run once an hour, Um, it's it's basically a commuter ferry, a lot of people go back and forth daily on this thing.
0: Yeah, so we get to Bolivar Flats, which we'd never been there before. Um,
1: been by it like a thousand times. Yeah, I've never it, actually gone to it.
0: And people always talk about it, but it's just a stretch of beach mm-hmm. that's like on the north side of the canal or bay or jetty or whatever.
1: Yeah, the, oh, oh, the opening of the ship channel there.
0: The barrier island. South side of the barrier island. Yeah. Uh, that's the word. And barrier
1: island. <laughs> so we like
0: park and, you know, it's like a mile down to where the sanctuary actually starts. Mm-hmm. And from there oh my gosh it was just full of birds like pelicans and dunlin and stilts and avocets it was magical
1: yeah there were thousands of dunlin i guess the day before there was thousands of spoonbills that's what uh, somebody else is telling us but the the place it's it's really cool keep in mind there's the only facilities are right as you drive onto the beach there there's a porta potty and that's it um and i think there's some garbage cans there too yeah um, but then you, you drive down about a mile down and then you walk another half mile before you get down to the, to the mouth. And the whole, the whole walk and the whole drive, it was just shorebird, 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 shorebird everywhere.
0: Which is just so unusual, you know, like in Oregon, we don't get shorebird, 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 shorebird. No, it's like, like,
1: there's one. Yeah. <laughs> or, or there's 15 Sanderlings and then you keep driving for another while and then yeah. oh
0: there's three more so it's fun you know stopping in these places and it's also really hard when you're competing because yeah. you want to like stop and look at it but every then single it's like, one i know but then it's like no 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 we're on the timeline
1: yeah it's it's very hard to keep that's when, when you run into big groups like that and it, for the most part it was very large groups of the same species because they're traveling together you have thousands mm-hmm. of deadlands all traveling together you have hundreds of avocets all traveling together so it's you're 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 looking trying to find something that's different and sometimes you do find different things but Like, you have to be careful about wasting too much time just, like, focused in on, like, I'm going to scan every single Dunlin here and see if I can find... Like a black belly plover, or see if I could find something mixed into that group. I guess black belly would be pretty easy to yeah, pick out of Dunland. but, but something else, Dowichers, or something out of the out of the Dunland.
0: So from there, we you know scanned that whole thing, got as much as we could, and then we headed off to Rollover Pass, which is another you know pretty well known spot. Um, that place was full of turns and
1: skimmers. So many. We t- we also got some more shorebirds there. We we got our. I think it was our. It was either a Baird's or a white-tailed sandpiper. I can't remember which. It was one. Baird's. It was a Baird's. Okay. Yeah. We we had a Baird's sand sandpiper. We had um, I think there was a Wilson's plover, and there there was a couple other shorebirds. That and we that's had where there. we
0: got like the black terns.
1: That's where we got the black terns. and they were fa- fairly close black terns. It was it was kind of kind of cool. To watch. I, I don't think I've ever seen black terns that close up.
0: I don't know. They're so pretty. Yeah. So yeah, least, Caspian, common, Forester's, royal, sandwich, lots of turns. Yeah,
1: I think we got all of the expected turn species at that one spot at Rollover Pass. <laughs>
0: And then headed like did all that. Headed off to High Island. And which... keep in
1: mind, at this point, we're we're in high spirits. We have <laughs> seen we have we're 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 ticking off the species. We're getting good things. We saw we saw a handful of birds on route to the to each spot. So it was
0: oh, and picking
1: like... up like morning dove and Eurasian collard and um, starlings and house sparrows as we're as we're driving that way. We don't have to search for them when we get somewhere. <laughs> we we catch them on route.
0: And from there, we head off to High Island, which is one of our favorite birding places to go. There's a couple different spots to to go to, and you can see different things at each one, and they're like, you know, half a mile apart from each other. Yeah, pretty close. And so the first one we went to was Smith Oaks, and we got there like right at opening. Yeah. Which is an accomplishment for leaving, for starting at 630, yeah. like hitting a couple birding and spots. And hitting
1: a couple spots before getting to High Island, yeah. And but Hi- keep in mind, we have to be done by noon. Yeah. Like, this, this is a go, 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 we have a half day to get... All these spots.
0: And Smith Oaks has changed a lot in the two, three years that we've been there. Mm-hmm. And these are Houston Audubon sites. Yeah. And so, you know, they get a lot of their funding from supporters and pe- folks in Houston Audubon. And, you know, it's a it's a large organization. Mm-hmm. And so the big change that we noticed when we were there is that they built this really, really nice really, boardwalk.
1: It's, it's giant and tall and fancy. You, and you can handicap get up,
0: accessible. Handicap
1: accessible. You, you can get up into the mid-canopy. Before, I think... you. I can't remember. Was there a ramp to get up onto the levee?
0: Um, I don't I don't I remember there
1: being one. I, I feel really like, can't remember. I don't think there was. I feel like we
0: walked through like, you know, the the can or the fourth floor and then yeah. there were like some steps up to There might the
1: have levee. been a, there might have been a ramp up onto the levee before oh, this. You know what
0: I think there was. Yeah. But it was not near it's as not nearly as, fancy.
1: as nice as what they have now. Now it's a big, big long, fancy thing. And it, you can get up and look, look down at the rookery. Because that's, that's, the, that's the big thing at Smith Oaks is it, it has a giant rookery of all, all the, all the wading birds. Yeah. yeah Which when we were there, the spoonbills were just barely hatching. So they weren't really like out and active. But all the other um, waiters had already hatched, and they had babies begging, green herons, and little blues, and tricolor. All, all them. I got them so many self.
0: videos of great egrets. <laughs> 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 They're silly little babies that are like mouth open, like waving back and forth, <laughs> 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 and trying to fight their siblings. So that was super cool to see that new boardwalk and the mm-hmm. brookery, and it was actually pretty busy when we were there. I guess we were there on a Wednesday. So it was yeah, like it was, it was like surprising how busy it was for Wednesday, but you know in the middle of migration everybody's out and about. Yeah,
1: any, any any day's fair game for for migration, and so from from the boardwalk and looking at that, we walked down into the lower portion of that of that area of Smith Oaks. Oh, Mosquito City. Yeah, Mosquito City. So we 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 both sprayed up. We all sprayed up with mosquito spray. Um, Colin was wearing uh, a sweatshirt. Um, cause you know, it's 80, 85 degrees. So he's got to stay, got to stay warm somehow. Yeah. Um, wearing a sweatshirt, wearing long pants. Like, I don't think they weren't jeans. They were like, uh, like, like like travel pants or something. Um, but they were, they were, they weren't super thin. They were like pretty thick pants, sweatshirt on top of his, (laughs) on top of his long sleeve shirt he was already wearing. And he's like walking along, and he's like, are you guys getting bothered by mosquitoes? And Ellie, he turned around and we could barely, we're standing like five feet away from each other. We could barely see each other through the cloud oh, of mosquitoes. Oh, stop it. You're so it dramatic. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but it, it was crazy. Like, it was like, I think Hannah tried to get some videos of it, but I mean, it's mosquitoes. It's Eric like did have
0: a cloud of mosquitoes. Oh them. my gosh. It was
1: insane. Like, there was so many mosquitoes. And then conversely... There was so few warblers. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> like, the warblers were all up in the tree canopy.
1: Like, we, 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 found, we found a pretty good number of warblers, but it was... There were few and far between, and then we had... They were staying in the canopy or behind stuff, so we would have to stand still and stare at them for a good 30 seconds to a minute, trying not to, like... Like, we'd be smacking at our arms and smacking at our face, trying to look at the... Look at us, so it was... It was an experience for sure.
0: And like the number one warbler species that we were seeing were common yellowthroats, oh And gosh, they were like so up in the top of the trees. It's like, what are you guys doing? You belong down by the water.
1: Yeah, I, I've never seen common yellow throats that high in my life. That was, that was interesting. High Island's fantastic. Smith Oaks is awesome. Um, some days mosquitoes are bad. Some days mosquitoes are horrible. I mean, <laughs> you, you got to take your pick. It's... It's a it's a battle you got to you got to fight sometimes.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> so then from Smith Oaks, you know, we we spent a pretty good amount of time there because we had anticipated that it was going to be a little better, so we had a lot of time to kill it before noon. Um and then we kind of gave it up to go over to uh Boy, Boy Scout Woods. Woods, which is the other location at High Island. And
1: Boy Scout Woods is kind <laughs> of um I, it's the more typical what um, people portray High Island as. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's kind of like the entry point. They have, like, the little store. Kind of a store?
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's like
1: a store. I guess you can call it a store. Yeah. It's, like, open and everything. But um, it's, it's like, the main check-in point for High Island. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of the main thing people think of. Um, it's a really good spot. It's got a nice um, amphitheater set up. So you can sit on some grandstands and look at the birds. And then it's got a bunch of trails, a couple of photo blinds, a couple of boardwalks.
0: Yeah. So we walked around the whole thing. I think we, we only got a handful of different birds, um, to add to the list. Like I think there was a, what is it? A red bellied woodpecker up there. That yeah.
1: We... we had a, we had a couple of warblers, but I think we already had a magnolia and uh like bay breasted, I think. Yeah. Or chestnut sided I can't remember, but it was, it, it was, it was I mean the birds the birds were good like the views we got of the birds were good the numbers of warblers not that great that day but I mean you take your chances especially when you pick a date to compete Weeks ahead of time.
0: I know. It's hard when you're (laughs) flying in to, like, really, you can't gauge, like, what's it going to be in a month.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, we had a blast, and we got Uh, a lifer. No,
0: let's talk about the lifer. So, like, (laughs) 11.55, we're, like, sitting at uh, um, Boy Scout Woods in the grandstands, like, looking at the water feature, kind of, like, talking about the day, because at that point we were going to break away from Colin. We hadn't seen him in two years. Yeah. So, just kind of chatting, you know, before we head off.
1: Before before the lifer, we ended up with a uh, uh, northern water thrush, which is what I was really hoping. Oh, yeah. that, that's what I was really hoping for that for the grandstands because it's like every time you go to the grandstands, there's always a water thrush yeah. there. And so we sat there. It was like eleven fifty when we saw that, maybe eleven fifty three or something. And then it's like, oh, all right, that's last minute ad. Good, awesome. We got the got the water thrush. And so we're sitting there and watching and watching and watching.
0: And at, like, 11.55, I'm, like, you know, dinking around on my phone, like, posting on Instagram. And Eric is like, what's that in the back? And there's, like, a there's a bunch of water features at that part of Boy Scout Woods. They're, they're like, the probably
1: 30 or 40 feet into the woods from where the grandstands well, are at.
0: there's, like, the main water. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then there's one, like, hidden in the back.
1: Yeah.
0: So we're, like, sitting opposite that water feature <laughs> that's in the back. And 11.55, Eric's like, what's that? And, like, I look up in time to see something fly, and then he and Colin both get on it, and they're like, black cuckoo. <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, where, where? Because I, like, I saw it move, but then I couldn't find it. Yeah. So that was the story of our life black-billed cuckoo.
1: <laughs> so, Colin, and
0: Eric didn't think it was a lifer. He was I, like,
1: "Whatever, yeah, black billed cuckoo." I swore we saw a black billed cuckoo somewhere else, but apparently not. I, I didn't. I was thinking the whole time. Maybe I think maybe we've chased him before, or I don't know. It wasn't even dawning on me that this is a lifer. And where, where I was sitting, I had a per, a small window that I could see through, and it was right right on the face of yeah. the of the cuckoo. So obvious. Obvious eye ring, obvious color of the bill, all that stuff. And it's like, oh my gosh, look at that guy! Look at it's great, it's awesome. And then, Colin next to me was, he was just far enough left, he could barely see it. And he's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And it's like, no, this is this is an obvious black billed cuckoo. Like this is an addition for the day. We got we got it. And he's like, oh I don't know. And then and then it like moved a little bit. He's like, oh okay cool black billed And where Hannah was sitting, she couldn't see it see it at all. Where it was where it, once it perched and sat for a few seconds. So so yeah I'm sorry that's
0: okay so from there um that was 12 o'clock we didn't do as good as we had hoped but you know we'll still see if that's uh
1: we'll see if it was good enough yeah it was it was a good I think it was a good day I had I had a good time I got a lifer and we we birded some places we've never been before
0: yeah that's true I just hadn't I was just hoping for more warblers you know you see those pictures of fallouts and it's I mean, I know it's, like, destructive to birds and everything, but I still want to see it at some point.
1: Yeah, it's not like we have a hand in creating a fallout directly.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, um, from there we drove to Beaumont because our friend Christina, who mm-hmm. works for Visit Beaumont, uh, we have met her in San Diego at the birding festival last year. She invited us to come out and see this um, this birding site that they have for Visit with visit Beaumont that's called cattail marsh and it's, um, driving into it is kind of bizarre. Like we just put it into the GPS, you know? And so we're just following that and you like, kind of go through neighborhoods? And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're in this ginormous park. That's just like grass trees. There was a bathroom and it's horse stalls. There were yeah. a handful of horse stalls when you just turn into it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like a large city park. Like you, you think of just a general Tyro park is like a large city park. That's, Manicured grass, picnic tables, bathrooms—nice, nice, nice bathrooms—and yeah. um, then just like a bunch of places where you can park and have a picnic.
0: And so we're like driving through here, and we're like, "Really, this is the hot spot? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we getting into?" And then we go through like you take like a right off that main road, and it opens up into this humongous cattail marsh area, which is just absolutely gorgeous and it's yeah. you know a waste treatment site like we enjoy going to
1: <laughs> yeah it, it was it's very similar like in in design and like scope of what it is and what it contains to um sweetwater uh preserve in Gainesville Gainesville Florida, Florida. so it, it was awesome we love sweetwater when every time we went there that place was awesome and this place was awesome too it's 900 acres of wetlands they have eight miles of levee roads that you can you can walk on and you theoretically
0: can, you can bike on you can yeah. ride your horses on There's everything
1: except off. for motorized vehicles um, motorized vehicles are limited to the um, they Public works people mm-hmm. and um, the staff for the nature center. So they, they and they'll take you on tours. Yeah, a couple times a week they take tours out there. So
0: John um, is with Visit Beaumont, and he took us on a trip around Cattail Marsh to mm-hmm. check it out which was super cool. There were sections of it that were closed due to, you know, construction and they it is a working wastewater treatment area, and so they do periodically have to do things to keep that up. Yeah. Um so they were working on that and I know he was disappointed those areas were closed so he couldn't <laughs> show us. those
1: it's, but, but ha- having worked in wastewater and like we having us having gone to so many wastewater treatment plants, like it's it's it happens. It's first and foremost these places are wastewater treatment plants.
0: And this is why John Oliver should have hired us to go out <laughs> to that wastewater treatment plant in wherever, New Jersey or something. no, like... I can't
1: remember what's happening. Some it? eastern no, state. Yeah, and, the, and the, the, the one that named it after him. I
0: know. <laughs> he should have invited us to go there. Yeah, we could have
1: gone there and talked about wastewater. See, John, we are an, the... we're an expert in this. Yeah. We let... We, well, we love birds at wastewater plants. Yeah, we're awesome.
0: we're the foremost experts in birding at wastewater treatment centers. We should write a book on that. Yeah, I mean Seriously. Jennifer, you know, my friend wrote a book on yeah. birding cemeteries. Well yep. she's Parking working lots on, and... and she's working on birding cemeteries. Okay, so this is copyrighted. So none of you guys can write a book on wastewater treatment birding yeah, because wastewater treatment is us. Are doing that. <laughs>
1: It's gonna be a and, and, and the, it'll, boring it'll, book. It'll, it'll it'll have information like okay, well you can go to this plant and they'll process 1.2 million gallons per day, and it's processed using using this. Oh, it goes through an SBR. Like we'll we'll just talk all about how the different digesters work and all that stuff. And then, I mean, if there's time, we'll mention stuff about the birds. What?
0: No. Okay. So I imagine this is going to have two markets. It's going to have a birder market that's going to ignore half the book, and then it's going to have wastewater treatment. You know, aficionados, engin- engineering enthusiasts who's going to who are going to ignore the other half of the book.
1: I, I get magazines still from uh, from Texas for the for the water treatment and the wastewater treatment. And you ignore those. I do ignore those now.
0: Okay. So, anyways, <laughs> so we took this trip around. Um, Cattail Marsh. We started off in the nature, the education center that they have, yeah. which is just beautiful, and it's it's not really that large. They have um, picnic tables underneath, and then on the second floor they have like, like a deck
1: after climbing ninety ninety feet of stairs. <laughs> then, then you're up there, I th- there was an elevator. Yeah. So.
0: But they had a, a like beautiful deck, you know, where you can just sit out and enjoy all of the things coming and going. Mm-hmm. It was very windy when we were
1: there. Oh my gosh, so windy.
0: So um, yeah, that was something. But you know, on this this drive that he took us on, we th- I think the best bird that we saw were Fulvis whistling
1: ducks. There, there was a lot of Fulvis whistling there ducks. There were there
0: were like eight of them.
1: Yeah, and the the whole place it has a boardwalk right when you get there that goes straight out. Um, that you go, that's super easy to access. You just park and then it's right there. So you don't you don't have you don't have to go on a long walk all the way around. And each of the um. There's, it's a boardwalk and then it goes out to a platform and then a little further in another platform. So. Like
0: gazebos. Like
1: gazebos. So you can be, you can be in the shade and get out, get out there just far enough to be able to get pictures of like uh, rails and stuff like that that are like right at the edges of the, the outside edge of the cattails
0: and this, the water. this facility was constructed in 1993. So it's, it's a fairly old facility, but they are doing a lot of renovations and work to it. So they built those boardwalks. I like how you
1: consider it a uh, wastewater facility in 93 fairly old.
0: I don't know. It's, like, almost 30 years ago. I guess
1: I, I guess it's kind of... You still
0: think it's the 1990s, don't you?
1: I, f- I feel like it's got to be the 90s still. <laughs> it's not the 90s anymore? It's not the 90s. Oh, jeez.
0: You know that thing about, like, that 70s show is, like, further away <laughs> than whatever... <laughs> Uh, anyways, back on track. So they in 2016 they built that boardwalk and the viewing blinds. So those are pretty new. And then that education center was built in 2018. So it's really cool to see that they're you know actively doing more and more to the site.
1: Yeah, and than... it seems like the it's the nature center and everything is run by the city of um, city of Beaumont, or a or, or a department within the city of Beaumont. Yeah, and they really seem interested in pushing wildlife tourism and wildlife viewing as a thing
0: yeah and we you know we had a lot of questions for john about you know visit beaumont's purpose and asking us to come out and you know what their goals are in terms of tourism and Mm -hmm. you know he said some really interesting things that i didn't even realize like that beaumont is you know there's an it's less than an hour to like Smith Oaks and Sabine woods and Wack and all these really great birding locations that when we lived in Houston, you know, we drove from Houston and it was a long haul. Yeah. I I
1: mapped them and we didn't realize until, until we mapped them after, after the fact that to get to high Island from Galveston proper is an hour and 15 minutes. If you hit the, hit the um, ferry right on, right on schedule, you land there and then go hour and 15 minutes but it's less than an hour to get to high island from beaumont so it's like well and you don't have to deal with the ferry so you can go at any time and i I was just i was kind of shocked because i honestly had never thought of staying in beaumont yeah so well maybe we'll have to go out there and stay in beaumont (laughs) i'm planning
0: (laughs) so i'm planning this is i have to get a lot of people on board for this but i'm planning a wine and warbler weekend out of beaumont (laughs) (laughs) so stay in Beaumont you know go to High Island in the morning go to a vineyard in the afternoon sounds like my kind of birdie
1: trip yeah go to go to Sabine Woods go to um I mean there's all there's tons of spots you can go to that are all driving distance out of Beaumont to make make that a home base rather than trying to stay down in Houston or paying Galveston hotel prices well and honestly Galveston like there's it's it's kind of like party central
0: yeah. you know, at times of the year. So we don't necessarily always want to stay there. And also like a lot of the restaurants, I don't know, we haven't really found like a restaurant that we really like. There's, there's good
1: places on the Island, but it's just, no. I really want
0: to try the brewery, but they close at like five.
1: I know they're always, cause, cause we were burning all day long. So yeah. we never end up getting a chance to go see it. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll, we'll plan an extra day so we can go to the brewery.
0: Yeah. I'd like that. Um, so anyways, you know, it, it was a really cool location. Lots mm-hmm. of birds. Um, I mean, it was fun drive around and see all the different things. And it's just really cool to see, you know, an organization like a DMO, you know, destination management organization, like so committed to bringing nature enthusiasts to their locations.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of DMOs that talk about like, oh, we want to do this. We want to do that. But it kind of seems like Beaumont's actually putting their money where their mouth is when they're, yeah. when they're talking about it, so that's kind of cool. I mean th- places like the Rio Grande Valley do that they oh, put sure. their money where their mouth well, is. well, they don't
0: and, even need to advertise it because <laughs> yeah, it's so good
1: it doesn't really they, yeah they don't need to put money into it it's like okay there's, there's just so much nature it's just it yeah. just comes but but like there's there's some places that are obviously doing it already and and Beaumont's one of them that's that's putting putting money into uh, showing off what's what's there but there's there's plenty of other places that say they're trying to show it off and they yeah. just kind of just talk about it
0: totally so yeah, next time we'll have to try using Beaumont as a home base and see how, how that all
1: works yeah you
0: know, and wines and
1: warblers and wines and warblers <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, we had a a great time um in this first part of the Texas burning classic. We always enjoy going and doing this and it was fun to check out some new places um we didn't really get to any like new restaurants or any like hotels we necessarily want to lead you guys <laughs> towards except we did get a chance to go to chewy's which oh, is we
1: love chewy our
0: favorite place it's like a chain in texas well the, also there was the one in florida there was the one in florida um I, so. i'm
1: 99 sure we've talked about chewy's before i know i'm we sorry. had to talk about chewy's it's and so, and so good i mean it's really good so it's it's tex-mex yeah but um they have they don't have it going on right now because of covid and everything but they have a happy hour that is like you eat as much chips, salsa, and nacho cheese and beans and beans as you want, and then it's happy hour, so it's uh, cheap cheap beers and stuff. And you and the chips and everything are, are free, so you just you there's there's people that really take advantage of it, and they're kind of <laughs> jerks where they'll go in and they'll have like one beer or they'll have water and just eat to their full on chips, salsa, beans because it's sometimes it's meat too. Yeah, and you can just make a whole nacho. And you eat a free nacho and then leave, but I, most people don't do that. And I feel like you're being a jerk if you do that. Just you're, you're taking it, it's it's rude. Okay, okay. But anyways, they have this whole thing. It's awesome, and they're but it's
0: they great. Their food is really good. Yeah, um, and they have a jalapeno the jalapeno creamy jalapeno, jalapeno ranch. ranch. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's good. Somebody ship me like a whole vat of that. <laughs> that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, so th- we, we went to Chili's. So if, if you if you want if you want a suggestion. When, you, when you're there, go to Chewy's. They
0: don't have one in Galveston. It was, like, on the way, like, NASA Boulevard or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: up in uh, Gulf City. Or... I don't
0: know. All those little it's, it's
1: It's on Highway 45 on your way down to the island. Just
0: Google Chewy's.
1: And there's three more inside Houston proper. Or oh, two, two more inside Houston more proper. more inside, proper. Proper. inside Houston, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, we've, we've been to three of them in that area. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all they're all good. <laughs> We're Chewy's enthusiasts. <laughs> and we went to the one in, in Florida. and
0: Yeah. <sighs> they just need to bring one to Oregon. I will drive to that one. Okay. Anyways. So anyways, that was our restaurant shout out. Um, we have more for our next episode in the Rio Grande Valley because we went to different good yes, restaurants. We went, there. we went
1: to places that we really like and places that we've never been to that we really
2: like. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> so, um, thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, this, I guess um, next thing is Indiana Dunes. Yeah. So we will be leaving for there next week and yep. there for, you know, a number of days checking out different things. So, uh check out our socials to see what we're up to and then of
1: course we'll talk about those in future episodes. Yeah, so thank you guys all for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and or learned something. Maybe something new, maybe something you had forgotten. Um <laughs> please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts Stitcher, Google Music, Alexa microphone buffer. Um <laughs> Alexa curtain. Alexa curtain. Uh 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 Siri hat six meet piece of wood. I don't know. Um <laughs> rate us rate us everywhere these Review are literally things in front of us just things i'm looking at as i look around um rate us anywhere that you listen to us um <laughs> if you'd like to connect with us on the socials you can follow us at hannah goes birding and eric goes birding on instagram uh you can follow us on um, twitter at we go birding you can follow us on facebook at hannah and eric go birding. you can email us at hannah and eric go at gmail.com
0: and you can check out our tiktok, our TikTok which is brand at new. And eric go birding
1: yeah it's a, uh, it's we're, we're learning it's a work
0: in progress we're, it's
1: a work in progress we're figuring out this tiktok thing i mean there some of the videos on there are hilarious not ours but there's there's some videos on tiktok that are hilarious <laughs> we're not
0: funny <laughs>
1: <laughs> um you can also visit our website um www.gobirdingpodcast.com tell us what you like tell us what you hated and share us with your friends